Back to the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. The Husker roster flippening continues to happen as uh, Matt Rule and staff are out there on the recruiting trail and uh, and really just tr- changing this roster um, overnight. Now, again, it, it means that there's going to be some guys probably cut by the end of spring because they're well over scholarship. But, you know, maybe some NIL out there can help out with that. We'll see about that. But I expect for a few guys to be cut. But in any case, the tight end room is getting a makeover, as we've seen so far this offseason. Eric Gilbert, the big Georgia tight end transfer um, it's going to be expected to come in and compete right away. And today, Nebraska got a commitment from Ismail Smith-Flores, uh, who is an Iowa legacy, but actually played his high school ball in Arlington, Texas, for former uh, his former coach, now tight end coach at Nebraska, Bob Wager. So um, that connection already bringing in uh, a, a high school player, Ismail Smith-Flores. Now he's 6'6", 210 pounds, which is pretty small for a tight end, but Bob Wager is um, his main recruiter, so you think maybe that's the future for him there. Interesting because he actually is, like I said, an Iowa legacy. His dad, Leroy Smith, has the sack record for the Big Ten in a single season, 18 uh, in 1991, when he was an All-American defensive end, and his grandfather, excuse me, godfather, is Danon Hughes, who also played at Iowa. So, uh, very interesting. Iowa's been on him all along. Nebraska mm-hmm. was pretty late uh, in on him, but uh, I think probably the old high school coach, hire, hire guys high school coach. And I don't think Wager was hired for Smith Flores. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll see that, especially in <laughs> basketball. Um, but uh, it's nice to get a nice to add an addition for this upcoming recruiting class. You'd expect him to. He's a class of 2023 kid. So yep. you expect so him to be on the roster this he'll year. He'll sign in February, and you'll see him on the roster. Well, you'll see him uh, with the team come next season or, or spring ball or, or what have you. So uh, he's going to finish out his high school career and then join the Huskers um, for next year. It, it's Like you said, it's really interesting because he's six foot five, 210 pounds, 24-7 has enlisted as a wide receiver. And I went to his huddle and was looking at his highlights. And at Martin High School, they, he, he, they had him lined up outside like way outside multiple times um just kind of jump ball or just a deep ball to him and i mean he, he catching really everything over everybody at least you know in the highlights or yeah, highlights. you don't put in the bad uh, um, low lights but to me like it's one of those weird things because he's six foot five so it doesn't look like he's running that fast but he's outrunning the entire defense on multiple plays mm-hmm. so i'm guessing he has some sort of long speed. strides yeah very long strides uh about about Two, two strides for every five yards. It's very impressive. Uh, but it's it's going to be really interesting where they end up putting him because, like you said, 6'5", 210 seems kind of small for a tight end, especially in the Big Ten. Uh, if you want to put him outside, does he have enough speed to, to really push the defense and be a deep threat? He's got really soft hands. He was catching uh, with his hands outstretched. Uh, there was one play, it's my favorite play out of his highlights, where he's running down. He was on the left side um, out, um, out wide and just runs a go route, and the quarterback tosses it up, and he follows it from over his right shoulder, keeps his head back, uh, moves his head around, and catches it over his left shoulder. Just mm-hmm. a nice basket. It was just gorgeous. It was my favorite highlight out of all the highlights that he had on on his huddle. So um, it's going to be really interesting. I think they'll be able to use him um, as kind of a matchup problem in the slot. But, again, I don't I don't see him playing this his first year, but – 
um, later on in his career, I could see him being kind of a matchup issue for for uh, defenses in the slot. If he does have uh, that kind of speed, puts on a little bit of weight, six foot five, you go up against a corner, you're going to be taller. You go up against a linebacker, hopefully you're going to be faster than him. So it'll be really, it's going to be really fun. I I, I like. Uh, you know, when, when we got past early signing day, I gave Matt Rule a C, and everybody kind of piled on top of me saying, how could you? He's flipping over the entire roster. And I was like, well, I mean, he, he did an okay job. But with all the transfers and some of the other people they're bringing in, the the grade is rising for Matt Rule and company as, as they're bringing in a, a new, almost an entirely new roster to this Nebraska Cornhuskers football team. Well, and I, I wonder as they're doing, as they're adding pieces, if they're kind of doing so with a thought in mind about who's who they're cutting in, in regard to it. Because, I mean, I assume they're not. I assume that, you know, it's just kind of go to spring ball, um, see who makes it. But mm-hmm. they're they're not like... They're, they're not, not like slowing a, down. They're not a few over, and they're not stopping. Like, they're going after... Uh, we're hoping for the third corn dog, uh, bulldog <laughs> transfer. Corn dog, um, is that uh, what you're calling them? That's what, yeah, that's been kind of the, the popular name there. Uh, I kind of like Twitter. it. I kind of like it. Of course, dog is spelled D-A-W-G. As it should be. For the bulldogs, As the championship bulldogs. Uh, what's better than, uh, I guess... You know, a few, a few rings in the uh, national championship rings in the locker room. Some more experience in yeah. the playoffs for when Nebraska makes it. That's well, yeah, well, maybe that. I don't know how much experience they were getting either. These are kind of the well, they, they were, were on the they were on dogs. the team. Uh, Jacob Hood is uh, the four star um, in the last cycle. Now looking to transfer behemoth, um, so it would be a nice to nice six addition eight for three plus. But I think they're at. I think I have to go back. I think they're at ninety eight. I believe so. We talked to Munson on. When did we talk to Munson? Friday. Friday, and I think he said they were at like ninety eight, and that was before uh, Ish- Ishmael Ishmael uh, Smith Flores. Yeah. So they need it down to eighty five. They're going to be over a hundred by the time spring ball starts. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of people. <laughs> well, and it, and it it raises a few questions, and one is like, what should the expectation be for a team that's you just gutting half of it? And you're, I mean, you're replacing it with guys, obviously, that you like long term and some um, short term that you think can can help right away. But, you know, even some of the transfer portal guys are kind of more longer term mm-hmm. prospects. So I don't know. I mean, I still think there's talent here. I don't want to go, you know, be the, the bearer of bad news or bring down your, your expectations right away. <laughs> but this is a roster flipping. This is something that you would do if you're thinking about three or four years down the line and building the right way rather mm-hmm. than let's try to get everything we can into Ren wide away. Win it right and, away. Right. So yeah. I think your expectations, uh, again, I don't think you need to bring them down immensely or anything like that, but it is, it is kind of is what it is. They're, they're, they're building the program, not building mm-hmm. the 2023 season. Yeah, I wouldn't say national championship in year one. Yeah. I would say you, you, you'll hopefully see improvement uh, on both sides, all, all three sides of the ball. Um, improvement in in just every aspect of this football team uh, in year one, and we'll see we'll see what happens. It's like you said, a flippening because you're gonna have <laughs> so many new faces, new names, new numbers. It's it's gonna be really fun. Um, well, it's gonna be really difficult in in the spring when when uh, the spring game comes around. You're gonna be looking at yeah, people like, wait, who are you? What are you doing? Are. I don't know this guy's name. Right. You're gonna have to like, okay, this number is no, not that guy. It's this guy. Yeah. 
yeah, it's going to be interesting. It, it definitely will. Uh, some other things to kind of think about. We'll we'll push the the basketball conversation for uh, the next topic here um, or the next segment. Uh, Sam McEwen had some articles. I, I had an article that I thought was pretty interesting, um, noting a few different things. Uh, one is that Nebraska, as we know, when when uh, Trev Alberts took over. It wasn't just rebuild the football program. It was kind of rebuild the athletic department mm-hmm. and, and get them pretty competitive. Uh, as Sammy Kuhn wrote, though, they're not, as an athletic department, doing too well this year. Uh, they stand 104th in the Learfield Cup. That's tied with FIU, Marquette, UC Irvine, and Western Michigan. Oh, perfect. Uh, they finished 49th last year, which was the all-time worst. So, I mean, as these winter sports come together, they'll probably jump a little bit uh, quite honestly, over teams that don't have as many winter sports. Uh, but they, they're going to have to do a, they're gonna have to do a lot to get better uh, than last season. Um, all that is, is one thing, but don't worry about it because they're still making a lot of money. Uh, so McEwen was reporting last fiscal year, the Huskers made uh, $97,900,681. Don't forget that last dollar. And uh, according to the annual report, Nebraska sends to the NCAA in December. Um, now, they also, you know, that's not just all take-home cash. They, they've got a lot of their spending, too. But overall, um, bringing in a surplus of over $12 million. And Husker football itself, uh, which, of course, is the cast cow of the athletic department, uh, brought in a surplus of $62 million. Um, and that's, you know, you just can... That is a decent <laughs> amount of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Um, and uh, so maybe we'll see a little a bit of Memorial Stadium... Uh, you no, know, there's a lot of stuff going on. No, we there? won't. A little bit more seat bags. No, we chair won't. bags. No, we won't. Uh, maybe not. They'll erase the numbers and claim that they widen the seats again. <laughs> now, part of the the deal t- there too, though, is interesting. Um, and I don't know how much this this necessarily translates to this specific case, but in a lot of those situations, um, you're not going to get as much funding if you don't have as much of a surplus. So you try mm-hmm. to get spending up higher. So um, all those numbers are always kind of fun to tinker with because it doesn't necessarily give you the whole picture. But um, either way, that's a lot of money that Nebraska is making, and, and that's thanks to you guys, the fans. Where does it there, all so. go? <laughs> that's my question. Yeah. Where does it all go? Well, a lot of it's been going to uh, past coaches uh, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> over the years, so that's been one thing. But, again, it makes you feel big better. Go big project. Yeah. You worry less and worry less, and less again. Um, I, I fell into the trap of thinking that that $7 million that, that Scott, they would have saved on Scott Frost meant anything to no, them. Uh, now I've learned my lesson. They're fine. Yeah, they're, everybody's they're like, ah, like, oh, $7, million, no, $7 yeah. million is is chump change. Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, $7 million, just take it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> That's pretty much what they did. That is, yeah. They just reached in between the couch cushions, found $7 million, and they're like, just go. Yeah. Just please just go. Just leave. But again- And take I, the couch with you. <laughs> I was thinking about this, too. How much better of an experience was this year compared to 2017? Um, both years, it was obvious, early, non-con. This isn't it. This We're going to have to move on. Um, mm-hmm. Simple uh, often goes back to that, that 2017. He, he feels like Riley kind of lost the team. And I always kind of say, well, the university gave up on him before conference play. Yeah. I think they did a better job of giving it, uh, giving those kids and the season just 
uh, you room know, to breathe, room to breathe, and just potential and and and, and you know hope uh, by by do you, you think know, it, the moves they made. Do you think it helped that there were a lot of names being thrown out as opposed to just you know this is the person that's definitely going to get the job because I feel yeah. like that was a part of it with Mike Riley where it was you know he's going to be fired at the end of the season everybody knows and this is going to be the guy that's going this to replace him yeah, yeah this is what's going to happen he's gone he's in just finish out the season so we can get to it. Yeah, I mean, but part of it was just like the. Uh, I think it was just awkward, you know, in, in in to their to their, you know, if you remember back in 2017, Mike Riley wasn't fired after Game Three or whatever. It was Sean Eichhorst. So I mean, they removed an athletic department and last athletic directors. You knew what was going to happen, mm-hmm. but um, you know, in in one sense, it could be said, well, how can you say they gave up on the football team? They kept the coach. But it, it seems like more like they gave up on the football team keeping the coach than they did replacing him uh, with a guy that maybe was going to re-energize it and, and have a chance himself. Um, obviously, that didn't work out. But, you know, in the end, I could tell you, and at, at the very end, beating Iowa was a lot more fun than the last, <laughs> the last several games of the Mike Riley era. So, That's a pretty um, good one. Yeah, we'll kind of see if, if – hopefully Nebraska's not in that position again. Um, but I do think they kind of handled that a little bit better. It felt a lot less like the university game gave up on the team this last year. Mm-hmm. Certainly gave up on Frost, and he didn't really give him too much of a choice. And yeah. he got $7 million. Out yeah, too, I don't think he cares. Yeah. No, he's, he's got a nice nice, uh, <laughs> nice place in Arizona. He didn't quite clip Kingsbury's one-way ticket to Thailand or anything. No, but, no. Uh, yeah, he's moving on. Would you rather be in Arizona or Thailand? Thailand. Would you? Oh, yeah. Arizona's I like hot. It's be- I feel like it's beautiful in Thailand, but I think I'd rather be in Arizona. Arizona's just not my thing. I, I thought about moving to Phoenix to what, Thailand's not hot? visit there. I feel like Thailand's... Well, it is, but you roll right into a nice, like, clear water beach. Arizona's, like, mostly desert. You've got lakes. Lake Havasu. <laughs> I'm not a big lake. I'm not a lake guy if I can have an ocean. Yeah, whatever. And there is some ocean in Arizona, too, but you got to travel south for that. Anyway. Whatever. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk some Nebraska basketball uh, free throw numbers. Uh, ugh, uh, injuries. Uh, mm. We'll talk about it. Coming up next year on the Ticket Water Cooler 93.17. Mm-hmm.